You're about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 2, Episode 19. My guest today is Taryn Giselle, also known as Triathlon Taryn. If you're listening to this and you're a triathlete, you know exactly who Triathlon Taryn is. If you aren't a triathlete, which I assume most listeners aren't, you may have no idea who Triathlon Taryn is. But if you go on Google or YouTube and type in beginner triathlete, or you type in Triathlon Taryn, you will get hundreds of hits. And whether you are a triathlete or not, I think you will enjoy this conversation. So with that, let's get started. to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 2, Episode 19. As you know by now, meeting mediocrity is my concept of accepting and loving yourself, even if you're having a mediocre period in your life. Because you need to meet mediocrity if you have any chance of then beating mediocrity. It's a build. And I'm the perfect case in point. I'm one of those people who sets goals, who sets um, aggressive goals, um, who races to the goals. And then I become disappointed in myself for not having met the goal in how I perceived is the perfect manner. And then I have a setback. I completed my first half Ironman triathlon last September, September 2019. The very first thing I said to myself when I crossed the finish line was, Mitch, why did you run the half marathon portion of the half Ironman triathlon almost 30 minutes slower than you thought you could? That, my friends, is not a healthy outlook. Not for the long term, at least. So for me, meet mediocrity has been my way of looking at my wellness as a lifelong journey not a sprint towards a goal. And with that, I am super duper excited to have Taryn Giselle, also known as Triathlon Taryn, as my guest today. You know what it's like when you see some personality on TV or on YouTube or somewhere else on the internet and you really, you just like them. They seem like someone you want to be friends with or someone you'd want to have a beer with. Then you actually meet them and they actually meet and exceed your expectations. That is a rare moment. And that is the experience I had with Taryn as my guest on this podcast. We got on Zoom. We chit-chatted for like 10 minutes. We recorded the podcast and then we chit-chatted for like another 20 minutes. I really like Taryn because he's a real person, he's humble, he's open, and he's a nice guy. So today's conversation is not about how to be a triathlete. It's about transformation and evolution. 
Karen went from being a young business professional who treated fitness like a fairly random event to something and someone that was much more fulfilled. Taryn became someone who was able to bring wellness and creativity, things that were important to him, to the forefront of his life. Those are lessons we can all learn from. So, without further delay, let me introduce my guest, Taryn Giselle, also known as Triathlon Taryn. So, Taryn, thanks for being with me today. Well, thanks for having me. Like, I... I always say thank you to everyone, but I genuinely mean that. It's an honor to have anyone that cares to hear what I have to say. And uh, it's still surreal to me after like almost six years of doing this. So, uh, you know, you were joking before we hit record about schoolgirling a little bit. These are still really exciting to me. I'm honored that I'm on. Well, um, I'm honored too, because um, my listeners know that I am like a very mediocre triathlete. Um, and, and my friends and family know that the one thing that really kept me going and taught me a lot was triathlon Taryn. So, um, <laughs> you know, my wife would make jokes that I'd be sitting in front of the couch while she watched TV and I had triathlon Taryn videos going on YouTube and she'd be like, is that triathlon Taryn again? Apologize to your wife for me. I'm I sure she's heard will. morning trainiacs about she it. She certainly has. Times. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Listen, I, I know all about you, but not all of our listeners know all about you. And what I thought we would do is, because frankly, this whole issue of mediocrity is about people who are just improving themselves and, and, and accepting where they are and taking the next step forward. It's not, a, you don't become everything you want overnight. So Taryn, when, I'd like to go back to when you started in triathlons. Um, you were not a triathlete. Um, you, became, you, you kind of tried something out and, and, and off you went. So tell me a little bit about where you came from and how this started. Started in 2009. I was uh, about 27 years old and just graduated university, had been in finance for a couple of years and started going through those first few years of, you know, really figuring out what I was supposed to do. And I started collecting all the things that you collect as an adult, like the suits and the ties and fancy letters on my business card and behind my name. And it never really felt right. It just felt like I was what I was supposed to do, like what I was conditioned in business school to want was all of that. But it never really felt like it was fulfilling me. And after about three, four years of this, I decided that it it probably wasn't going to be what I wanted to to do for a long time. I didn't know that I would intend on changing it, but I knew that I wanted to change something. And I decided to challenge myself with a triathlon. Mm -hmm. I'd been lifting weights for a bunch of years to essentially lose weight because I was really out of shape in my early 20s. But that never really stuck. Lifting I was going to say, did, did lifting weights help you lose weight? <laughs> It did actually. Yeah. I went from about 215 pounds down to about 175 ish. Okay. So you make good like, progress. Yeah. I, I lost weight, but it wasn't healthy. It wasn't fun. It didn't right. fill my soul. You go and throw weights around and not talk to people and put on headphones for an hour at the gym. Some, some people love that. Some I people don't love it. I, I don't. Get it. <laughs> it's a little therapeutic, but Eh, it just, it never really felt fun. It wasn't it for you. Like something you had to do. 
Yep. Right. And I, I got injured doing that. Right. So I started walking on the treadmill one, mm-hmm. one day. And then I went, ah, this is kind of boring after a couple of weeks. And then I intermixed walking on a treadmill one day, biking on the stationary bike the next day. And after a few weeks, again, that kind of got boring. And then I looked over at a pool and decided I'd try to swim, which went terribly. <laughs> but after a couple of months, I thought, hey, I'm, I'm basically doing a triathlon. So I called a friend who was a really elite triathlete that I went to university with. And I said, how do you do a triathlon? And he's a real surly kind of guy. And he goes, well, you enter a race and then you do a triathlon. That's how you do it. So simple. And and I'm freaking out. I'm like, well, how do I do it? What gear do I need? What bike do I need? What shoes do I need? How do I do this? And he's like, you just enter and you go. You're going to figure it all out. First race is going to be a disaster, but just figure it out as you go. (laughs) And that first race was a disaster, but I loved it because it was exciting. It was that feeling of getting to the start line on day one of the very first race that I ever did and not knowing how it was going to go. Mm -hmm. And you don't feel that in life. Right. You never feel that uncertainty in life. You might feel stress, but you don't feel that uncertainty of not knowing if you're going to be able to complete a task that kind of scares you. And I well, love there's also, it, there's also, so there's only one first time, Taryn. And so, um, you said it was a disaster. It, it sounds like it wasn't a disaster because here you are today, but why was it a disaster on that day? Well, I didn't really do a whole lot of open water swimming. So I get there and I'd done a little bit, but still terrifying. It was just a try a try. So it was a 300 meter swim, terrified right. me. There were only 12 people in the event. I hop on the bike and I figure, oh, this is where I'm really going to make up time. I'm young, I'm fit. So I go and rip my legs off on the bike and then hop off the bike and nearly fall over, not realizing in my training that I had to do workouts going from the bike to the run to learn how to do that. Running off the bike, you need to practice that. Oh my goodness. It was so bad that I hobbled through the 3K about a 1.8 mile run and I get to the finish line and a volunteer who watched me hop off my bike, he comes up and he goes, how'd you like that feeling when you hopped off the bike? Like, Oh my God, why didn't people tell me about this? (laughs) And he goes, yeah, you know, it's first time mistake. You got to practice going from the bike to the run. So I ended up finishing second overall amongst 12, but the rest of the competition was women and 14 year old kids. So (laughs) it's not like I showed a whole lot of promise. I just, I finished, I literally just finished and it was so painful. And still to this day, I think it was 43 minutes. One of the most painful races I've ever done, but you did it. And it's funny. So just a quick sidebar, Taryn. So I know what a triathlon is. I hadn't never done one and I was in a spin class in New York. Um, you were lifting weights. I was doing spin classes yeah. and this, this spin instructor who became my triathlon coach um, said to me, I don't want, I I'm going to have, I'm going to get, make you a better outdoor rider. Cause I, I ride with a bike club and, and I said, okay, she said, but I only want you to do spin classes when I tell you to, I said, but I like to go on the exercise bike, you know, every day for a little bit. No, no, no. You follow when I tell you to, if you feel the need to exercise, go hop on a treadmill, go for a short jog, whatever. So after, after a couple of months, I think I went to 10 classes of her. She says to me, you know, if you only knew how to swim, you could do a triathlon. 
And I said, Oh, I she tricked to... you into it. I like it. Well, and I said to her, um, swimming's the easy part. I was a swimmer in high school. It's the other stuff that that I never thought I could put on, on top of it. So one thing led to another, and I did a race similar to yours, Taryn. It was a try a try, it was a local thing, and um it was way harder than I thought it would be. I didn't train for it. I didn't do the running after the bicycle. I too felt like a drunken sailor trying to run after the bike. Um, but it wasn't the last one we I did, and it wasn't by far the last one you did, right? So what happened after that? Oh, well, I say that it would have been cheaper and less time consuming for my life had I chosen to take up drugs instead of triathlon. Because <laughs> it it just it grabs it's it sinks its hooks into you and it's addictive to feel that challenge and feel that excitement see progress so i kept going i went and i did a sprint later that year i did an olympic and just for a few years just kind of bounced around trying to see what i could do i went and did a half marathon that went equally horrible um just started doing events because i really like that feeling of stepping up to a start line and you say that you never forget your first, but I've always found when I would start step up to a new distance or try something that was a little different, like a standalone marathon or a standalone 10K, or this morning I did a new workout that was really, really hard. And I still get those butterflies every time I do it because it's that feeling of not knowing how it's going to go and challenging yourself and seeing what you're capable of. So that's, so it's, it's that constant challenge that, that motivated you to keep going. But Taryn, I just want to do a quick sidebar for a second on um, training for a triathlon, because to me, I went, I mean, I, I did far fewer than you, but I did graduate from a tri, a tri to an Olympic from an Olympic. I did my first half Ironman last year. And Taryn, I find the training alone makes me depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to go with groups. The problem going with a group is you're not really going at your pace and you're not really doing your workout. You're doing a group workout. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you, how do you feel about all of the training alone that goes with triathlon training? I feel exactly the same. It's, it's a very hard thing to balance. And over the last couple of years, I probably haven't done a very good job of it. In 2017, I really went hard at training and it broke me a little bit and combination of life stress and the hard training and and maybe some health issues that I had underlying at the time got me fairly overtrained. And at the end of the year, I had to take a step back and just focus on doing my workout. And I was afraid to train with people because I knew when you train with people, it's more exciting. So the pace kind of picks up and it's always a little bit harder than you should be going. So I took that step back, trained by myself, managed to get through two years of training solo, basically. And that training solo, you get perfect training. I had perfect training, put out personal best, but at the same time, I was losing my motivation because I just didn't have that community around me. I was just knocking off intervals and workouts day after right. day. And this year, I've, I've sort of realized that good that you can do year after year is probably better than perfect that you can only do for a handful of years. And I think I was on that path for 2018, 2019, where I was trying to achieve perfect. 
and putting this pressure on myself of being perfect and having perfect workouts, perfect races. And I had some really good races, but I didn't enjoy it as much. So going forward, my plan is just to accept that. Let's say I race five times throughout the year, pick one of those times, or maybe two of those times that I try to get that perfect race and build up and have perfect training for maybe just the two to three months beforehand. And the rest of the year have good training, but with friends and with people and sacrifice a little bit of that perfect training to have good training and keep it enjoyable, keep it fun. Cause I think I triathletes are really good at taking the fun out of things. And I did in those couple of years. Well, it sounds to me like the lesson there is balance. And, and you mentioned something about, you know, being able to do something for a lot of years well versus doing things for a few years exceptionally. Taryn, that's true with everything, right? I mean, if you think of people who want to go on a diet or people who want to run their first 5K, you know, they put all of their eggs in the how quickly can I lose the weight or, or you know, the 5K is done and dusted, but it's not about a 5K and it's not about losing 10 pounds in a couple of weeks. It's about a healthy lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. about exercising regularly. And it sounds to me like you've evolved into that. Um, I mean, look, you're still triathlon, Taryn. You still, you, you still have to do triathlons. Um, but I, I, I see that what you're saying, like not every race is your A race. Exactly. And that's how I was treating it. I was treating it like every race had to be this exceptional time that inspired people to see that somebody could go from not being able to swim and being afraid of the water to putting out this world-class time. And I still want to have world-class times, but not to the, the detriment and at the expense of my enjoyment of it. If the world-class time comes, great. And maybe it, instead of coming next year, because I've done three years of perfect training, maybe it's got to come 10 years from now. Right. After 10 years of good training. And I, I'm not good at balancing that. Uh, <laughs> I had the same issue when I was doing that weightlifting. And I, I dieted so strictly that food became something that I had a real bad association with. And mm-hmm. had to take a few years to figure out a better association. And well, newsflash, being obsessed about having perfect dieting isn't good. Meanwhile, I didn't really learn that lesson in training. Um, So yeah, I'm still struggling with with that. A-type personalities tend not to do things very uh, moderately. Well, a lot of of my life is surrounded by A-type personalities. I'm an A-type personality, but you've you've just taught us two lessons. One, um, you can find an, an, an athletic endeavor that can, that can be a lifetime endeavor if you treat it properly. Um, you can find a healthy way of dieting um, that is something you can sustain long-term without doing a, you know, a binge, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you, also, you also teach me a lot of lessons about injuries. So you've, you've had a couple of injuries. In fact, I saw that you're, you're struggling with a little bit of an injury now, right? So... Tell me a little bit about, about, you know, training, injuries, and how to not let that be a complete setback for you. Yeah, I've got a bit of an interesting 
I say background about injuries because my injuries are very public. You don't tend to see a lot of people online talking about their injuries because pro triathletes, almost by default, they are pro triathletes because they're a little bit more durable. So they, they tend to get injured a little bit less than the average person. And then other people, amateurs, age groupers, you don't see them very often battling through injuries and trying to get through them because when they get injured, they just go to another sport. And right. that's just what happens or they stop talking about it because it's all fun and games to talk about the workouts that you smashed or the races that you smashed. It's not very fun to talk about injuries. That's right. Meanwhile, here I am with this persona of I'm sharing what I'm going through in life and it's our business. It's, it's right. what we do. So I have really no choice but to own up to injuries and illnesses when they happen. And it's humbling to go through these things that just about everyone goes through. And I know that just about everyone goes through them because when I finally fessed up to the fact that I put on about 20 pounds this year, that I am suffering some major health, well, not, not major, but um, long-term health repercussions of training too hard a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I'm still dealing with them and it's a long road to come back to them uh, from them. When I had to fess up to this, we had about 2,500 comments from people reaching out and the vast majority of them were people saying, I feel the same. And I thought I was alone, but they're not alone. They just thought they were alone because nobody talks about nobody it. Nobody talks about, nobody talks about any negative stuff. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that's refreshing about you. So you've recovered from various injuries during the course of your journey. Um, if there's, is there a lesson that Taryn has learned about accepting injuries, dealing with them and recovering from them? I wish I had something wise that I could sum up in like a tweet and pass along to inspire people that injuries are okay. I don't really know what that is. <laughs> if anything, what I've gone through this year in 2020 has maybe taught me something that I don't really yet know how to sum up. When I first started accepting that I was going to have to take some time away from real strict training and maybe just at most exercise a little bit every single day back in June, it shook me. My motivation was low. My desire to do anything basically besides play video games, which I haven't done since I was 19, motivation went to nothing. I was sad. I didn't know really what, what that meant for me long-term yet fast forward to about six weeks ago, I injured my rib, uh, throwing around some kettlebells that were too heavy. Cause again, I don't do things in moderation and have never learned <laughs> that lesson injured my rib. And instead of it shaking me to the core, I just said, all right, I'll take three weeks off. I'll come back. Fitness will be back. These heavy kettlebells that are too stupid for me to lift are are still going to be here in three, four weeks. Running, riding, it's still going to be here. And it wasn't like I went to a journal and looked at something that I wrote down. But I think just that, that disassociation with, I am a person who values myself because I'm fit. Having that be wiped away by burying my soul essentially back in June and admitting that I wasn't healthy anymore, that made a big change. 
So when I had this rib injury, it was easy. I chilled out. I took some naps. I did. I went for walks in the morning. I caught up on some podcasts. And I don't know if there's this, this big lesson that I've got, but it just feels like that, that lack of ego and, and self-worth that is tied to fitness and extreme fitness that seems to be better. It seems to make me happier, easier to, to get by that way. Well, you know, you may not have any words of specific wisdom, but you actually, I heard a couple of things that you just said that I'm going to take away from that. Um, first of all, injuries happen, especially, <laughs> especially when you value fitness and especially when you value a high level of fitness. Um, and the fact that you, you, you know, you're a human being, you got depressed and played video games. Like that's, that's, I like hearing that. Um, everyone's a human being. Um, and that you'll recover and you'll get your fitness back. You just have to be patient with yourself. I think there's some good lessons there. Um, it sounds like, it sounds like that's kind of what, that's what I heard you say. Don't want to put words in your mouth, but those are good lessons. Yeah. They're lessons that I think people end up having to learn no matter what. If they maybe go through a lot of what everyone else goes through and just have to fess up to it and share it with people so that they know that they're not alone, that they're not the only one that maybe lifted a kettlebell that was too stupidly heavy for them, that it's okay, it happens. And yep. and it doesn't have to affect your long-term self-worth, that you can come back yep. and come back to the fitness. And yeah, maybe the next race isn't going to go perfectly, but you know what? These are real luxurious problems for us to have. High class problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, so I want to shift back. So um, we, we haven't gone um, completely linearly, but that's okay. I'm having a lot of fun speaking with you. And I really, it's something I really want to cover. And that is you went from, oh, I did my first triathlon and it was only a minor disaster. Um, to triathlon Taran, both a elite age grouper in the world of triathlons, um, and also a social media personality. So how did you, don't, don't be humble. Um, <laughs> it's still, like I say, it's still funny to hear. <laughs> but, but, but you are, um, look, you are in my world. I don't know if there are thousands of other people. There are, I know that, but in my world you are. Um, how did this transpire? How did you, other than just saying you're an A-type personality, how did it transpire from doing a couple local sprint triathlons to elevating your game athletically and to becoming triathlon talent? I know you, I know you weren't always triathlon talent. I don't think that was your original name, um, but tell me a little bit about how all that transpired. There, there's two separate stories. They're separated by about, three years or so. So okay. the first transition was two years after I had done that very first race. It was the winter, it's Winnipeg. Um, I still didn't feel like I had any sort of bearing of fitness. Mm -hmm. I had done a half marathon. It was an hour 53, decent time, but really like nowhere elite. I was right. finishing races, but not feeling like I had any sort of control of my performance in those races. I would just show up, try to finish. And it was the winter after that second season where I said, you know what, let's just see what I'm made of. 
let's train hard. Let's, when I've got to do a run, let's not just do a run. Let's do a run with some sprints. When I've got to do a bike, let's do a bike with some real hard efforts. I still had no idea what I was doing, but it started pushing up that top end of what I was capable of. And all of a sudden I started making improvements and my body changed a little bit to like, you know, having a little bit of harder workouts, my body started adapting and going, holy smokes, maybe I should lose some weight. And that next year I came back and I went from doing about a 122, 123 sprint race, which is like sort of 30th, 40th percentile, like a third of the way up in the field yep. to doing podiums. All of a sudden getting on the overall podium, going 111. Then the next year, I think 109, then 108, then 107 um, in sprint triathlons. And all of a sudden, I was like top 20 out of 2,000 in our local half marathon. I still didn't know what I was doing, but I just knew that pushing myself into that zone of uncomfort, not killing myself every single day, but just sometimes being a little bit uncomfortable was okay. And not just okay, but it was really exciting because I started making progress. And after about three years of making that progress, I wanted to try something that had had like a, it was a big goal, a big symbolic goal that I had changed my life and was somebody who challenged themselves. Mm-hmm. So what I ended up setting as a goal was I'd always been afraid of the water as a kid, open water in particular, pools. I I was one of those people that thought sharks would come get me while I was in our backyard pool as a kid and race over to the side of the ladder and try to get out immediately after doing a cannonball. Like I was legitimately afraid of the water. So I set a goal of doing an open water marathon swim of 27 kilometers, uh, roughly around 16 and a half, 17 miles. This, by and the way, this is my favorite triathlon Taran video. The story. You <laughs> Keep going. Oh, that that one doesn't exist. Actually, that was before Triathlon Terran existed. No, but the, but, but there was. So I've a, done two. Oh, I've the second. Two. So it was the second one that I remember. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> so the the first one, I uh, did it. It was a I think a seven hour forty minute swim, and it was to symbolize that I changed my life. That I was no longer afraid of challenges. I wasn't afraid of the water symbolizing that I wasn't afraid of the challenges. And in that process, I realized that I wasn't terribly fulfilled with what I was doing in work, mm-hmm. that I had learned some things with nutrition in that build up to the marathon swim that I thought was worthy of sharing with the world. And I just wanted a creative outlet. So I started making YouTube videos about nutrition and the things that I had learned in the research up to preparing for that marathon swim. Okay. And that's how it all started. So that marathon swim, there is a YouTube video for that. It's on a different channel because it's filmed with, I think an iPad and it's, it's goofy and terrible. And, um, uh, all of the triathlon Terran videos started after that. So this is, so and, this, and that was this it. first. So this first marathon swim was, was, really the trigger for going on YouTube and making videos. Yes. Yeah. That, that experience and making the video for that, I realized that I enjoyed making videos. I enjoyed having a creative outlet. I liked that more than moving 
stocks and bonds and mutual funds from one side of my computer screen to another. I know you're in finance. I'm sorry, Mitch, but it just, it didn't get me excited. Um, what got me excited was making things that were creative. Well, the fun, the funny part is this is my creative outlet. This is something that I've been dying to do. And, you know, one, would I love to be able to do what you do? I think I might, but it's a heck of a lot of work. I mean, you, you, have, you know, <laughs> ah, you we must... just make it look that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, one day, but, but I, I get the whole creative, creative outlet thing. It's a lot of fun. And when you've got, when you're an A-type personality with a little bit of a creative gene in that, um, that right side of your brain, it needs an outlet. So, yeah. so you, so you be, you started creating YouTube videos. Now you have a a full fledged business. Mm-hmm. B yeah. B you are one of these guys because I did my first ever half Ironman triathlon in September, and you were there. It was in mm-hmm. Atlantic City, New Jersey, and and you actually qualified for the World Championships. Um, you deferred it. You you deferred, or you didn't. You didn't take the. You didn't take the invitation, but you qualified. Um, so, tell me a little bit about the evolution of doing your first marathon swim, making your first video, and now all of a sudden you are seriously making a living, however you define that, um, with your creative outlet. And you're making podiums and qualifying for world championships um, at triathlons. So tell me how that how you got to that point. It wasn't a snap <laughs> of a finger. Just oh, just bad luck, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? It, it's there's so many parts to it, and so many uh, evolutions, and it's been almost six years that it's hard to say what the evolution has been like from the start. More than anything, I have really just done a couple of things, kind of looked for this intersection of what I thought people would found, find useful and what I would find fun, fun to do. Yep. And our podcast is a perfect example of it. We started interviewing people and we were featuring it on our YouTube channel. And it was really hard to do a good interview on a YouTube channel because how do you sit down with somebody and actually get a good interview in 15 minutes? Right. Like you have to actually cut down to seven for right. YouTube. And it, it didn't work. But people still wanted these interviews. And I wanted, I, I was having a fun time doing these interviews. So we started the podcast because people wanted the interviews. I was having a fun time learning how to do the interviews. So we did the podcast. And, and that little, nugget of just trying to find something that I would find interesting that other people would also find interesting and sharing it. We just kept doing over and over and over and over. And we created an app because people were asking me to train them. Now I wasn't a one-on-one coach, but I wanted to have an an opportunity to be able to help people. So we created an app because I thought it would be neat to have an app and, and I thought it would be a decent business. And people were asking for it at the same time. Our books were the same thing. People were asking, okay, yeah, we've got, we've got your app and we get our swim workouts, our bike workouts, our run workouts, but what if we're not even there or we can't even do a workout and we just need to learn the very basics of how to not freak out in the water. So we right. wrote a book about getting comfortable in the water 
And the same thing about getting comfortable running, getting comfortable biking, getting comfortable with your nutrition. It, it all just kept going, you know, month after month. And even now we do have kind of a fuzzy two, three year plan of what this could turn into, but I don't have this three year business plan that, well, for some, some grants that we have to write, yeah, I have had to write, yeah. write out a, a, a business plan, but it changes in two months. And it's always just focused on, you know, what are people asking for? What is going to help them? And what are we going to have fun with? That's a great, great combination. I mean, if you can, if you can do those, if you can take those two things as your driving force going forward, I mean, that that's beautiful. Um, so last thing, I want to talk a little bit about the world we're living in today with uh, COVID and the global pandemic, and there aren't any races, um, or most of them are virtual. Um, but the other thing is um, people are taking stock um, of themselves and their situations. Mm -hmm. I, for one, have spent a lot of time, and my listeners know this, I've spent a lot less time training, a lot more, a lot more time doing things like learning how to meditate. Mm. And and getting into a morning routine where I do some yoga stretches and I meditate and before before I actually turn on the news or jump on a jump on an exercise bike or things like that. So it's an opportunity to to look at yourself. What are you doing? You know, you you, you don't have Ironman triathlons on your calendar in 2020 um, because of the pandemic. So what ha how has this impacted you? Yeah, this has been a hard year for a lot of people, but it's also been a bit of a gift for endurance athletes because we, as I said, tend to value ourselves based off of our finish time at that last race. Yeah. Um, just like you said, that you thought about your half Ironman Atlantic City run, not in the, in the, the frame of well, I just did my first half Ironman. You thought about it. Well, I ran too slow. Exactly. It's the first and thing I thought. Yeah. Across the finish yeah. line, I said, you ran too slow. And then I said, is, is, is triathlon Taryn still here? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, but, but yes, that I, I was very hard on myself. Yeah. And, and even if you have a good race, that, that race, I had a good race. I had a personal best by about eight minutes. I don't think about how that's a good accomplishment. I think about how I can better that. All right, what's next? What's next? I don't don't enjoy that, um, and I didn't enjoy that. But this year, without any races, we've all just really had to accept who we are as people without races, without that time validating our importance or our, our self-imposed importance or, or our vision of how important we are because we had that time or the finisher medal or whatever it is. Right. We've all had to learn how to be just people exercise and be fit. And I was no different. So this year, having some lingering health effects, and so people don't think like, oh, he's got cancer or anything serious. Basically, I've just got my body starting to um, gain weight and sort of have some functions that it was shutting down, operating on a really low level, uh, because it said, holy smokes, Taryn is kind of starving himself. That's right. Um, a few years ago because of the amount of training combined with stress it just kind of read things as he's starving himself. Even I get I it. He was eating plenty. Yep. And it started shutting down. So I got to pay the price for that now. 
without there being any races, that's a bad thing. Originally, mentally, it's hard, but it's a good thing because it forces all of us, me included, to just take stock in being healthy again. So this year, I have just exercised anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours a day. That's it. And really thought a lot about, do I want to go back to putting my self-worth on that finish time? Do I want to put my all my, my yearly exercise eggs in the basket of finishing a half Ironman faster or having to make Kona or the Ironman World Championship yep. or whatever it might be? And the answer is no. And I am still triathlon Terran. We have this endurance business. But what I really started thinking about is I got into this originally loving that being a triathlete, I could go into a running race. I could go into a cycling race. I could do a marathon swim. I could go trail running. I could do anything. And those endurance adventures were the things that I really loved, that I just found fun. Throughout this growing our YouTube channel, I did that second marathon swim that you talked about. And when I was documenting that, some people commented, oh, this is triathlon Terran, not swimming Terran. So I, I thought, thought, it, I thought was, it was cool. <laughs> I really thought it was cool too. But I really took that to heart and thought, oh, people don't like that I'm talking about nothing but swimming. So I have to do nothing but triathlons. And this year has taught me that no. I have to I have to remember that intersection of what I love and what people will find valuable. And if what I love is going on endurance adventures and having the fitness to do anything, be it a cycling race, trail run, whatever it is, that that's what I do. And there's going to be a group of people who find that valuable as long as I'm sharing good information. Yep. And for the people that only want to hear about triathlon, well, sorry, I'm not for you. There are other you there are going to be other YouTube channels for that. Because fact of the matter is that I'm starting to get the sense that a lot of people in the world want to do other things than put their self-worth on a finish time. I totally agree. I'm finding more and more of that amongst my friends and my family and people who I train with. They're like, let's just go for a fun ride and find some super great scenery and mm -hmm. make a day of it. And maybe, you know, stop for lunch instead of worrying about our split time. And let's just use our fitness to enjoy, you know, right. some things that we might not otherwise enjoy. And it sounds like you're in the same spot, at least to some extent. Yeah, I certainly am. I mean, people have started asking, well, next year, are you going to go for Kona next year? And it seems like unless we're going to retest my, my health improvements um, probably at the end of this month. And maybe if I'm, fully better, I'm going to take next year to take a run at a Kona qualification. But if not, I'm excited about the thought of I've got a new Canyon road bike coming and yep. thinking, hey, you know what, maybe I have a year where I focus on just being a road cyclist and see what I can do there. And that road cycling fitness is going to help me when I do want to come back to Ironman and try to get to Kona. And I'm not abandoning endurance sports. I'm not abandoning triathlon. I'm just looking at it with a different lens. That I'm you're, not you're, embracing, you're embracing health and fitness. You're embracing yeah. health and fitness. That's right. all good. Yeah. Embracing what? I think embracing just more, more what 
people find fun. Rarely do people talk about a personal best being fun or (laughs) the brutal workouts that you have to do to get that personal best being fun. What people talk about being fun is going for a run with their run group, going for that ride that you're talking about, going and seeing some scenery, going in, hey, let's find a, I don't know, let's go do a stupid swim of 18 miles or 24 miles. And like that stuff is fun. And, and people, especially us A-type people, we tend to take the fun out of things. And I want to personally for myself, bring it back. Life is short. Don't forget to have fun. Yeah. Um, So Taryn, I'm going to let you go, but I want to make one quick deal with you. Um, I would like to send you my address so you can send me an Eat Sleep Trainiac t-shirt. And in exchange, (laughs) I'm going to send you a Meet Mediocrity t-shirt. Deal. Deal. that, That would make me super happy. Those I don't know. I don't know what would, I don't those, know what, are, those are going to be a collector's item very soon. They're why are they? Be, are, there, are you out of them? Well, with our new branding, they aren't going to be so front and center. So uh, you'll get the original run of the Eat Sleep Trainiac t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Perfect. So, so I'm going to, so I'm going to, I don't know what's more exciting to me, having one of those in my collection or getting you to post a picture on Instagram with a mediocrity t-shirt, but one, (laughs) (laughs) but no, seriously, Taryn, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. No, thank you. This is fun. All right. Take care. I assume you can tell that I really enjoyed that. Taryn is a high-achieving A-type personality, but also a real, relatable person. He's someone I can relate to. The fitness thing, the wellness thing, the creative outlet thing are all things that are important to Taryn, and they're important to me too. Taryn talked about the intersection of interesting and fun. That has become his mindset when it comes to his business his social media content, his approach, to triath- his approach to triathlons and other endurance events, and his approach to fitness in general. Honestly, if you, well, if we, if I could find the intersection of interesting and fun when it comes to our overall wellness, I think we, I think I will be much better for that. Life is short. We need to be well. We need to be challenged. But we also need to have fun. And with that, thank you, Taryn, for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you, listeners, for your continued support and feedback. Thank you for telling your friends about the Meet Mediocrity podcast. And I hope you continue to stay positive, stay safe. Stay healthy, keep smiling, and be well. Take care, everyone.